What happens when you take a redneck fishing guide and pair him up with a master beekeeper? Well, we're about to find out. Join our host, Ken Milam and John Swan, as they help you brave the sting of beekeeping to reap the sweet rewards. This is The Hive Jive. We're going to talk about splits, right? Yes, sir. We are talking about splits today. Um, and all the different ways <laughs> that they can be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, if you go back in, in, you know, like, um, we're, you know, per, per episode or, or per day, really, uh, there's about 1300 people that are listening every day in there. So if you look at it from that perspective, there's about 1300 different ways you can do a mm-hmm. split mm-hmm. <laughs> or any aspect of beekeeping for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, um, it's definitely a, a trick and a challenge, but yeah, we're going to go through, we're going to talk about that. And we want to give a shout out to a couple of our patrons here. Um, so I'm going to have to take the phone away from my head for a second. So I'm not going to be able to hear you again, but I'm going to pull these up real quick. It's, uh, let's see. I took a screenshot of it. So it would be easy to find in theory. Um, let's see. All right. So we want to give a shout out to our two newest patrons. We've got Aaron C and Elizabeth V and they both signed up since our last episode and we wanted to go out and give them a howdy hello and thank you for joining us on patreon that is awesome and uh for the rest of you out there you've heard me say it numerous times but the the bonus episodes do live on the patreon account now they come out every thursday and the deeper dive episodes are out there and the the slowly being produced training and education videos are out there and you guys, if you're interested, you can go out there to patreon.com forward slash hive jive. And that is patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash hive jive to find all that additional bonus content. So thank you very much for you guys signing up and supporting us in that way. We greatly appreciate it. And there's one other bit of information that I want to get out there real fast. And I'm going to have to switch over and pull up an email here real quick. Um, but every year they do what they call the uh, Colony Loss and Management Survey. Mm-hmm. And it's put on by the Be Informed Partnership. And it's uh, it's a way to go through and just kind of take stock of all of the colonies. I think it's just the United States, but I'm not necessarily sure on that. Um, but it is a way that everybody can go out there and they can record, you know, how many colonies they have. It's completely voluntary and it is completely anonymous. So they're not going to literally record your location, but you can say, you know, I'm in central Texas or I'm in New Jersey and I've got three hives or I've got 50 hives. And this is how many hives I lost during the winter. And what it does is it goes through and helps us actually get those, some of those statistics that you hear about, you know, X amount of beekeepers lost X amount of percentage of colonies over winter this year. And, you know, if you know that it was due to mites or due to other things, you can put that stuff in there. And then uh, there's also an interactive map and some other cool things that they do. But the data is actually, uh, you know, just really, really great for us to have overall. And so if you guys are interested in going out and doing that, you can actually visit the website for them as soon as it pulls up here. It's going to be beinformed.org. That's B-E-E-I-N-F-O-R-M-E-D dot org forward slash take dash survey. And that's T-A-K-E dash S-U-R-V-E-Y. 
So beinformed.org take survey is going to be where you can go out there and do that. And anybody who would like to participate again, it is voluntary. It's anonymous, but it is a great way for us to go through and have a better idea of what has occurred um, over the year with the, the colony losses and whatnot. And we can kind of then see the trend as, you know, we had several years ago, it was really bad. And then we can start to see as things improve and we'll know that we're kind of making a distant, uh, a difference and winning some of those wars with things like varroa mites and some of the other diseases and stuff. So, um, that's it for, uh, breaking news. <laughs> yeah. And, and bees don't catch COVID-19. And the bees don't catch COVID. So you guys should definitely be out there working your bees for yep. sure. Yep. Um, so you, you told everybody, I don't remember if it was on the main segment or if it was on the bonus episode last week. But you told everybody that uh, I made a a dire mistake because I taught you how to make a split. <laughs> yes, you did. You taught me how to make a split, and uh, well, well, now I got six. Let's see, we put two packages in a couple three weeks ago. I got six packages coming. Uh, well, they should be here today or Monday, and today would be Saturday, but. I think, and then I got two more. No, I got three more packages of Russians coming next week. So I've got yeah. six packages of Carniolans, then three packages of Russian bees coming next week. And and Shannon, our new producer, sitting in there listening to us, says, what in the hell are y'all talking about? <laughs> <laughs> He's addicted to bees, Shannon. Yeah, He's got, got lots of bees. <laughs> he says, doesn't know when you. to stop. <laughs> Well, so for uh, for everybody else out there, um, some of you may have already done this. You've already probably got into your hives and found yourselves in a situation where you're like, oh, God, what do I do? But there's there's two reasons to make a split. You can go through and do the split because you want to increase your colonies or you can go through and you can do the split because you see that your colony is hellbent and determined that it's going to swarm and you can do the split then to just guarantee your hope and ensure that you actually get to keep that other half. Um, so it's kind of hedging your bets in that regard. And again, there are multiple ways that you can do a split for your colonies, but those are the, the main reasons why you're either trying to increase your colony population on purpose by having multiple colonies out there or you know that your colony is going to swarm. You've tried other techniques to try to, to kind of curb that urge, but yet they're still going forward with it. And one of the things that we want to point out just right off the bat is if you do open up your colony and you're going through it and you see queen cells in there and they're the actual legitimate queen cells, not just a cup, but they've actually started drawing them out into that elongated peanut shape and there's a larva and there's um, royal jelly down inside there and they're open and you can see them. Uh, you can go through and you can make the decision to to do the split. Some beekeepers sometimes go through and they're like, no, you're not doing that. And they start cutting them all out. But you have to be very careful when you do that because you could run into a situation where, say, for instance, maybe the colony already swarmed and your mother queen is gone. And you don't know because you didn't necessarily look and you didn't see her. You just saw the queen cells and you immediately reacted and you decided to cut them all out. And there's two problems with that. One, simply cutting them out is not going to discourage them from still trying to swarm. They're, they're going to go through and they're going to make new ones, especially if your queen is still in there. She can just go through and they'll make new queen cups and she'll lay in those queen cups and, and the process will continue until they finally achieve what it is that they're they're trying to do but the other problem is that if your queen 
has already left, if they've already done the reproductive split and they swarmed and you're catching the tail end of it, which typically that is when you find cap queen cells in there, they're already sealed off and capped. Um, you need to be very vigilant and make sure that your queen is actually present because if she's not and you cut those queen cells out of there, you've doomed your colony because the queen usually stops laying about three days before she leaves with the swarm. And that means, you know, we know that an egg, when they lay the egg on the third day, it hatches into a larva. Well, then you go through the process of the virgin queen emerges and then she's got a little bit of time before she turns around and well, she's got two weeks before she'll ever start laying eggs. So if you go through and you cut out those queen cells and your queen's already gone, it very well could be that there are no eggs and no young larvae that are at the age where they could be turned into an emergency queen and you've just killed all of their potential queens that we're going to take over. So you got to be very, very careful to go through and make sure your original queen is still there and find her. And if you've gone through it four or five times over and you can't find her, then bets are more than likely she's already gone. In that case... You can go through and you can remove the queen cells, all but the two largest. Leave the two largest inside the colony and allow the colony to go through. And whichever of those two queens hatches first, she's going to dispatch the other one. And you're going to be basically starting over with just that one colony. I wouldn't necessarily go ahead and make the split because you already lost a huge amount of workers with the swarm and with the original queen. But if you do have the original queen, you find her, she's still there. You can take her and put her into the split and then go through and eliminate the queen cells that are inside the colony and leave just two largest ones again. We don't leave 15 of them in there because you don't want to have the chances of what they call after swarms, which is where they still decide they have too much of a population and they continue to issue out swarms with virgin queens after the fact. So we eliminate all but the two largest. That gives you the the chances of having two very well, fully developed, well-fed queens that will emerge out of there. And so that, that right there is your precautionary measure right at the very beginning. Does that all make sense so far, Ken? To me, it does. Yeah. <laughs> no, it does. Uh, now, at that, if the guy killed all the queen cups, opened them all up, and then he decides, oh, 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 I don't see a queen in here. Well, they've already swarmed, took that queen with us. Well, what she, he could do if he had another, <laughs> and John's sitting there, yeah, but they not all of them like you. They don't have another hive sitting right beside that hive. They can open up, take a, <laughs> take a frame of eggs and larvae out and put in that one and let them raise another one. Yes, that is actually something that if you do have at least one other of the same hive style, uh, be it, you know, two Langstroths, two Top Bars, two Warays, two Long Layens, you know, whatever. Um, if you've got two of the same hive style, you can absolutely do that. And I would say, though, you want to make sure that it is a frame that's like a transitionary frame that has everything. So it's got some older larvae in the center transitioning into younger larvae that transitions into eggs. You want to have all life stages on there because it's not the egg that they turn into the queen. It is the newly hatched larva within just a few hours of it changing from an egg to a larva is when they start that process of actually creating the queen. So you don't want to give them all eggs because if it's coming from a foreign colony, a lot of times what they do is they will actually chew out those eggs 
and cannibalize them because they are not their progeny. They're not their bees. They see them as a foreign entity. So they'll go through and they'll chew them out and eat them. So you want to have that young larva because the young larva and the newly hatched larva, they will raise the larva, whereas they won't necessarily accept the egg. And that's why you want to have a little bit of both going on on your frame is just to kind of hedge your bets. Um, so let's say everything is in the perfect world and you're going to do your split because you want to increase your colony size and there are no queen cells. And there's, there's two ways you can do this based on the time of year. The earlier in your spring that it is, you want to, if you're, we'll also put the assumption in there that you're going to let the colony raise its own queen. Um, if you're buying a mated queen, then a lot of this is truncated and, and you can do things a little bit differently. But uh, it, it's coming up on spring in your area. It's beautiful out there. There's an abundance of flowers on the way that will hopefully have an abundance of nectar. And the colonies are going to be able to bring in lots of pollen, lots of nectar, and they're going to be able to continue to grow. So when you do that, if you're taking the parent queen and you're taking her, that mother queen, and you're taking her over and putting her into your split, you can do a very slim split so long as there's abundant resources and you uh, intend on feeding them. So kind of what we did, Ken, over there at your place is we took the mother queen and we put her into the colony. And she basically, we just found whatever frame she was on and we picked up that entire frame and put it into the new box. We didn't try to catch her. We didn't try to grab her. We just let her do what she was doing on that frame. And we just very gently set it with all the bees that were on it down into that other box. Yep. Then we found two additional frames that were solid capped brood. They weren't young larvae. They were solid capped brood. And we put those two frames in there as well. So we've got three total frames in that split. And then, since how you have all this extra comb, <laughs> we put in one frame of drawn empty comb. And then we put in the rest of the frames, which in that box, it only holds four. So we put in one frame of just foundation so that the new bees that we're going to hatch would have something to go through and do. We didn't give them frames of pollen or frames of nectar because they're not actually raising a new queen. They've already got their queen, and we intend on feeding them sugar syrup until they're big enough that they can go out there and do stuff on their own. So we, that's how we did that initial split, and we put that all over there, and that was all there was to it. And that's a lot slimmer than what you guys will hear and read in a lot of the books. And the the reasoning behind that is because, again, we're coming up on our season of bounty and and there's plenty of things out there. And we gave the bees a lot of capped brood that's going to be the younger generation to draw out that wax, plus the bees that were already on those frames. Now, in addition to that, we go back into the colony and we find two other frames. And those two frames, we purposely tried to find ones that were open larvae because the bees on those frames are going to more than likely be, the majority of them are going to be your nurse bees. And we took two of those frames and we shook those down into that box just to boost the population up even more. But then we put the frames themselves back into the parent colony. So we just had the three frames with the capped brood and the queen. And then we shook two extra frames of bees inside there. And the reasoning behind doing that extra, sh the shaking of bees, you could even do three frames or four frames, depending on how big your colony is. But the reason of shaking the extra bees is because all of the adult foragers are going to leave your split and they're going to turn around and go right back to that mother hive. So if you just put the bees that are on the frames in there and call it good, your colony is actually going to shrink drastically overnight or the next morning because all those foragers are going to return to the, to the mother colony. 
So you go through there and you do those extra shakes of bees. It fills the colony up fuller. And then when those foragers do leave and go back to the mother colony, you still have a good amount of nurse bees in there to take care of everything and, and continue raising that brood. And as soon as your cap brood starts hatching, those nurse bees that were there will then graduate into foragers and your forager population for your split will then start to go up. So that's the that's the slim version of how you go through and do a split. And that's pretty much what we did out there with you and Max, Ken. <laughs> I'm sorry, John. I got a phone call from the post office here in Austin. My bees are here in Austin. <laughs> now John's sitting there. What in the world's going on? So no, uh, no. Let's get back to talking splits. <laughs> well, now I'm thinking I need to make a trip to the post office. I'll just go in there and say, "Hi, I'm Ken Milam. I've got some bees here to pick up." There's, there's six packages <laughs> of bees. They're all corneolan bees. They're mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah how funny well that's cool that they got here that fast yeah. um we were definitely thinking that since how it was gonna go usps and it was just snail mail it wasn't uh, overnight priority that it would end up being here on monday like the last set of packages so that's cool should i go get them this morning and take them down there and or let her, she said they will send <laughs> yes. them they will send yeah. them on on the on the truck and I can get them Monday in Lano, or I can go to, where would I get them? I'll call her back in a minute. Let's get back doing the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you, uh, I would definitely give them a call and tell them that, uh, go ahead and leave them here at the Austin area yeah. and see what their hours are and tell them you'll pick them up after the show. Yep. Three thirty. get them. I would, yeah, I'd go get them, pick them up and drive them, drive them home myself because then you know they're with you. You can control their environment, make sure they stay, you know, warm enough, but not too warm and not too cold and and know that they're there and not have to wonder or worry about what's happening in the post office over the next two days. Yep. Shannon, you all ride with me in the bees? I'm thinking I'm going to pass on that one. <laughs> I was going to say, I was thinking that was going to be a hard pass <laughs> or a hell no one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> me and the bees huh? yeah but uh but you know the bad thing about it is you taught me how to do splits and now i'm gonna have to i'm fixing to have but i can't split the packages till next year i got i'm gonna right. have 11 packages so i've got 22 b i'm gonna have 22 colonies just from the packages i'm getting this year and then i got nine from from what i have started out with so i'm gonna get to split 36 i'm gonna have to get 36 more colonies so i'm fixing to have 36 damn i'm fixing to have 72 <laughs> I need to quit it. Luckily, luckily your your math is horribly inaccurate. Um, but uh, yeah, no, there. That's what I kept trying to tell you. You kept wanting to buy, you know, more bees and more packages, and I was like, dude, stop! You've already got nine colonies right now, and if you split every one of them, you'll end up with eighteen colonies, and that's not counting the eleven packages you had on the way. So there was no need to continue, continue buying more bees once yeah. you get you know, three or four colonies, then every year you can at least increase it by one or two, if not, you know, completely doubling it. Um, and again, it depends on if you want to do honey harvest or if you want to, if your whole goal is to raise bees themselves. So, but yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's the whole point of, of going through and doing this. So let's, uh, let's talk about the other version of the split. Then, and, and this one is more of a, this is a traditional split. 
And this is like you're doing it later in the like early summer, late summer, or I really wouldn't do them much later than that. Uh, depending on your climate and the temperate zone that you're in, you could potentially do a split in very late summer, very early fall. And uh, you, but you want to do heavy resources on that kind of split. And for those, that's when you follow the textbook traditional. You want three frames of brood. And I would say one of those needs to be that transitionary stage. So you've got two frames of capped brood. You've got one frame that has open larva and eggs. And then you've got one frame of solid pollen if you can get it. And one frame of solid honey if you can get it or capped food stores. Or those last two frames can be a combination where there's like some pollen and some honey and some open cells. And you put those over into a nuke box and you go through and you let that kind of raise and grow. But you want to basically keep it in that nuke box because you're coming up on wintertime. And if it's if it is a late season split, you're coming up on wintertime and you want to go through and you want to make sure that they have the amount of space that they can go through and manage. Um, If you do have drawn comb then you could put them in a full eight frame or 10 frame box and put the five frames from the split in there and allow the queen to go ahead and fill up those other five frames of drawn comb. But if you don't have drawn comb, your bees are not going to draw new wax in the fall. They only do that in the spring. They only do that right now in the season of growth and bounty. So uh, just kind of, you know, be careful on when you're doing your splits and keep those types of things in mind. Don't expect your colonies to expand and grow in, you know, August and September, October, November, December, that's not happening. Growing season is March, April, May, and the last part of June is kind of when that stops for most areas. So keep that in mind when you go through and do it. And then your other options are letting your colony raise a new queen. So in the split we did, we took the parent queen and we put her over into the split and we left the original colony with no queen, but we left them with eggs. We made sure they had the frames of eggs was with them and the younger larva. And we fed that colony as well because you want them to be very rich on nutritious. That's yeah, you've been feeding them a lot. You want them to be very, very rich on their resources and and have a very healthy, nutritious diet that they can turn around and feed that young developing queen to make sure that she's as strong and healthy as she could be. So when you go through and you do those splits, you give them the full at least five days to start the queen cells. You can give them all the way up to the eighth or ninth day. And that's when they're going to go through and start capping those queen cells. And you, you then go over and you go back through the colony. And as you're going through the colony, you're looking at every single frame, every single piece of comb. And you're looking for any emergency or swarm cells that are on those combs. And you're, you're taking a mental inventory. Okay, there's three on this comb. One of them is huge. It's like two inches long. And the rest of them are these little one-inch nubs. So I'm going to cut out all the one-inch nubs and leave that one two-inch cell on there. And then I'm going to go to the next frame. And this one's all small, so I'm going to cut them all out. And then you go to the next one. And here's another big one here. So I'm going to leave that big one, and I'm going to cut all the little ones out. And when it's all said and done, hopefully you've left the two largest queen cells in there. And again, the largest cells show that that queen has had the most food. She's got the most space to develop. She's going to be your best shot at a big, strong, healthy queen that is as viable as possible and as healthy as possible. So she can also then become a well-mated, well-laying queen. And once you've done that on that eighth or ninth day, you put the colony back together. You continue feeding it, not 
not huge amounts, but continue feeding it two quarts a week. If you can, you can feed it one quart on like Saturday or Sunday and then one quart on Wednesday and then repeat that process. Keep in mind, though, since how there was no queen in that colony and there's no eggs and larvae in there, your foragers have nothing else to do. So they will fill all of the cells with liquid because there is no point to leave any open room for them at that time. So you don't want to feed them too, too much because when she does emerge and goes and gets mated, she does need a place to lay eggs. So, But you keep feeding them. That makes it more acceptable for them when the queen comes out. They're a little bit more forgiving. And she emerges on that 10th day, and she's going to go five days before she goes out and mates. Mating can take up to three days, but it can also be accomplished in one simple flight as well. And then five more days before she actually starts laying her first egg. So you close it up on the eighth or ninth day after removing those queen cells. You assume that a day or two later, she emerges. No, sorry, a day or two later, they're fully capped. Five days after that, she emerges. She's then ready to go. And so that's your first period there. Then she's got to wait a week before she goes and mates. And then she waits another week before she lays. So your queen math is 16 days from egg to emergence as a queen. And then once she emerges, five more days before she mates, and then five more days before she actually starts laying eggs. So from the beginning of that process, it's literally an entire month that your colony is going to go with no eggs in there before you'll start seeing eggs again. And it's okay because they have the queens developing in the colony. So there are pheromones in there and the bees do know that they're on their way and they're not going to turn into a laying worker colony. There is still a queen present, even though she's inside that cell. So that's all good. But once she does come out, she emerges. Don't open that colony for two weeks. You already know the process. You know that she's going to emerge. You know that she's got to have time to develop. Then she's going to go mate. Then she's got to have time to kind of let everything settle in before she starts laying. So don't open it up. Don't interrupt that process. You could open it up and she's off on her mating flight and you don't see her and you have a panic attack. You could accidentally squish her because she's not always going to be as big and robust as the fully mated queen. You know, so there's a lot of time in there that it's very sensitive and and you don't want to go overboard on stuff. So uh, that's kind of how you would go through that process. Hopefully that makes sense. I haven't had nearly enough coffee this morning. Just like the way uh, I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> this uh, this this remote broadcasting from home, it kind of drives me crazy. Um, I, I can't see your face. We're going to have to turn this into like video broadcast. Um, <laughs> so so I can see you because, um, it, yeah, it's just it's weird. But that's kind of the process on how you go through and you do your splits and you can raise the, the queens that way. You can also purchase a mated queen. If you do that, then you know you've got a queen. Go ahead and, and you're going to leave your mother queen. If you're trying to keep her, then you leave the mother queen in the original colony. If you've purchased a new queen. Nope. Let me rephrase that. You can do that either way. Um, doing a, a walk away split would be a 50 50 split. Uh, I just changed topics there on everybody. Sorry. But a a walkaway split is a 50-50 split where you don't know where the queen is because you're not necessarily great at finding her. You don't necessarily do this when there are queen cells present. Um, You can and make sure that both colonies have queen cells. But then if your queen is still there, she's either going to be murdered by the new queen or they're still going to swarm and you're going to lose part of that population. So but the the walkaway split is kind of like, hey, I want to divide my colony. 
but I suck at finding the queen. So you literally just go and you divide everything 50-50. If there's 10 frames of brood, you put five in one box and five in the other. And then there's 10 frames of food, so you put five in one box and five in the other. And then you shake all the bees to where they're evenly distributed. Um, if you're leaving one box in the same location that it's always been in, then you overcompensate the other box because, again, the foragers are going to leave and return to the original location anyway. And then you just walk away. And you come back and check later in whichever colony has started making emergency queen cells. That's the one that doesn't have your queen. And whichever one is still raising brood and has eggs in it, then that's the one that has your queen. And that's a walkaway split. Again, those don't work in emergency situations where queen cells are present already. Um, those are cases where you want to try desperately to find the queen or at least know for a fact she's gone. And if you do know she's gone, then make sure both colonies have those queen cells in them. And then the uh, the other, what was the other one I started to say? Oh, yeah. the uh, If you're purchasing a mated queen, you can do it either way. You can leave the original queen in the original colony, do a split, let that split set for 24 hours before you introduce the new queen, and you make sure that you've taken the cap out of the candy side and let them go through and slowly chew through the candy and release that queen. Or you can do what nature would do, where the original queen leaves the colony and goes to the smaller colony, and then, again, let the parent colony set. When you come back in there 24 hours later and you put that new queen in there, you might leave the cork in the cage for a day or two and then turn around and remove the cork because you might want to go back in there a couple days after the fact and make sure they haven't started drawing out their own queen cells. If they have, you want to remove those because they will absolutely abort the queen you put in there or assassinate her and go with their own if they've already tried to start raising queen cells. So be careful on that regard. But uh, those are those are all the different methods that you can go through and kind of to get that up and going. And on one of these future episodes here, we'll actually talk about purposefully raising your own queens and how you can go through and do that because you might want to requeen your other colonies with the progeny of one colony that you really love, or you might want to go through and, you know, you're going to be doing splits and you want to increase colonies, but you want to use your own queens. You don't necessarily want to buy them. So that's kind of some of the other things that we can talk about down the road. But one little piece of side note there is that, we did talk about going through and raising your own queens by doing these splits. And again, it's a full month that nothing happens in that colony, that no brood is being born, no eggs are being laid. And then once she does start laying, well, now your 21-day cycle starts over again before that new brood even emerges. And if you're working towards a honey harvest or you're working towards some of these other things, it may be beneficial for you to go out there and purchase a fully mated queen because in that case, you're only losing three days or four days as opposed to losing an entire month on production time of new bees because your new bees are going to be your foragers and that's what's going to bring in your honey harvest. And the more of them you have, you know, the, the bigger of a harvest you're going to get. So that is one caveat to buying a mated queen versus raising your own. However, raising your own is very eco-friendly and uh, it's also easy on the pocketbook and you get to maintain your genetics and you get to maintain some of that local genetics from your area so there's pluses and minuses to both sides so don't uh, don't feel like you're constrained on any one topic there yep and also a lot of times you <laughs> you raise a queen if that was a testy hive they're gonna be a little testier they are and uh, for for all of our patreon me- uh, members out there tune in on thursday and you can hear all about the yeah. misadventures of Max and Ken 
and how it took a sum total of one day, just one day, for Max to decide that he was done with these mean ass pissy bees. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, are your splits doing good? Oh yeah, everything's doing good. Oh, it is. We'll probably open them up again Tuesday because it's supposed to be warm again and not raining. So we'll check everything. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll look forward to another update on Monday for everybody next week whenever we can find out what's going on. Because by then, your queen should have emerged and, uh, you know, things should have been kind of progressing along that timeline. They When did we do those? We did those two Mondays ago? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, when we yeah, opened them up team. last week, was it Thursday? It's been 10 days when we opened them up, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, and at that point, that was going through that process. We just talked about cutting out those queen cells and leaving the, the two biggest ones in there. So um, by now, your queen has emerged. She probably hasn't mated yet, but she has emerged inside the colony. So you're getting there. You're getting closer. Yep. All right. Well, we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll wrap this one up for the week. Again, we appreciate you guys all tuning in. Um, and, and, and again, we appreciate you being tolerant of the very bizarre sounding episodes here of late with all of the uh, social distancing and, and us not being all live in the studio. And, you know, appreciate you hanging in there with us. We hope everybody is being kind and considerate and compassionate to those around them. Help out your fellow neighbors and ultimately, you know, you guys be good and be safe. Yeah. And be healthy. And be healthy. Absolutely. We'll talk to you guys next week. Y'all be good family. We appreciate it. Hope we taught you a little. Well, I hope John taught you a little bit. I, got stung. I just got stung. That's all I got. <laughs> so sorry, everybody. Um, oh, also, really quick, just because we can and it's fun, uh, Ken and I want to give a shout out to Cade and say good luck on your beekeeping adventure, yeah, sir. Kate. And thank you for listening to the show and so glad that you're enjoying it. And we, uh, we're always out here for you. If you have any questions or anything, man, feel free to reach out social media or email either one. We're always happy to go through and talk to all the listeners and, and answer questions and sometimes just to be goofy. So really appreciate you reaching out, man, and good luck on your hive that you're getting and good luck on the splits and the growth of your apiary. And we, we wish you the best. Appreciate it. And thank you, family and Cade. We're here for you, brother. All right, everybody. Be good. Y'all be healthy. The show might be over for now, but the sting won't last long. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our podcast as we'll be swarming in with new episodes Mondays of each month. Until then, behave yourselves.